Welcome to Build a Drone Reviewer Podcast, Episode 13, DJI Rumors and Update, Canadian Drone Hub, May 18th, 2019. Got that coming right up. On Saturday, May 18th, I made my weekly appearance on Canadian Drone Hub and gave my DJI rumors an update. So without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and roll that right now. You're in your tribe. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, hey. Roger. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. You've been really busy this week. <laughs> yeah, I have. It's, <laughs> not, it's, been, it's been like I've spent more, more of my time in this room than I do in my own in the rest of the house. It's just like... <laughs> crazy i mean it's just like absolutely crazy well, i just dropped some links in the chat to three of my recent videos uh one i did that i just came out with it last night on the spark too we'll talk about that i did another one on our recap of the osmo action and we'll talk about that and then i just did one on the faa rules and we'll we'll talk about that so um cool. with the osmo action um i ordered mine um, I should get it Monday or Tuesday. I was very surprised how fast it's shipping. So um, I've got a whole series of, of videos planned for that. Well, I don't have an action cam, number one. I don't have a GoPro hero. So I'm looking forward to getting this. And the other thing with this is for me too, um, you probably are aware, you know, my daughter is expecting our first grandchild at the end of June. So I'm going to be using it to uh, vlog our trip up to Ohio and, and everything about uh, about our grandbaby. So that's going to be um, it's going to be a great use for it. Everything I've seen about it so far, I absolutely love. And I forget the gentleman. I know Bill Thomas um, posted the video. Um, he did a absolute superb video on uh, the Osmo Action. And one of the things that I think helps it stand out from the GoPro Hero Seven is what they call Rock Steady, which is their image stabilization. You know, in, in the GoPro Hero 7, you know, when, when you're running or jogging or, you know, doing whatever, you know, it has you stable, but your background's still kind of moving. Well, with Rock Steady, the difference with that is your background is stable too. And it really, I I've, I've saw a difference in, in some of the footage with that already. So I think that's, that's kind of, that, that, that's, that's been a, been a big plus for me as far as, as far as that's concerned. Now, I do know a couple of things already, you know, some people have talked about it, is right now it's not set up to do live streaming, whether uh, YouTube or Facebook, but I think that's just, a, that's a firmware update. That's something, that's an easy fix, and I think DJI will, will get that addressed. I don't see that as being a problem. Now, here in the United States, and this is an interesting point, a lot of people didn't pick up on this. The real price of the Osmo Action was $299, but here in the States, it's $349. And the reason of that is this tariff and this trade war that's going on with China, because also the price of the DJI Smart Controller got raised by $100, and I think the Ronin S price got raised as well, too. So until they get this settled, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit consumers. <laughs> we're, we're the ones that are going to pay for this trade war right now until all that gets settled. So, um, but from everything I've seen on the action cam, it looks great. Um, Rick Smith from Joan Valley did a great video on it. Um, as far as the ins and outs are concerned, he did some tests with it underwater. Uh, just, uh, he did some slow motions with it. And, you know, it has 
you know, I, I and I think one of the other things that helps this camera stand out from other ones is its refresh rate. The refresh rate on the GoPro Hero 7 is 70 um, uh, megabits per second. And on this, it's 100. And what that translates to basically in layman's terms is your images are going to be sharper. Your colors are going to be crisp. Uh, your your images are, are going to be very distinct. It's, it's really going to make a difference. So all in all, I think DJI kind of hit a home run with this. I kind of wish it was priced <laughs> a little better. I, I that two ninety nine price would have been great, but I did pay the three forty nine. Um, what's interesting on that as well too is the accessories were all listed as uh, not available right now, so you had to had to click the link to get a reminder notice for that, which I kind of thought was funny. But but the prices on the accessories were very reasonable. Batteries were like nineteen dollars for it. Uh, they had a, a battery charging hub with two extra batteries in it for sixty. Which I thought was reasonable, um, you know, and it does come with a lot with it. Plus, one of the other things too, and uh, because I know um, when when we had our, our review of the Osmo Action, uh, I did a live stream on uh, Wednesday at noon. Um, both Ron and Marcus Crawford have uh, GoPro Hero Sevens, and one of the things that they brought up is there is so much aftermarket accessories out there for the GoPro Hero Seven. It's going to be the same with the Osmo Action. So. You know, you're going to be able to get a lot of options for this. Now, one of the one of the things that the Hero Seven was kind of knocked for is um, it takes an adapter to be able to hook up an external microphone to it. You know, if you're using a cordless mic or um, you know a boom mic, that kind of a thing, you need to hook up some kind of an adapter. And the same thing's going to hold true. Now, DJI has said that they're going to have one available, but it's not available yet for this. So um, now moving on to the Spark 2, um, the other night on Tuesday Night Rotor Talk Live, my video that I just posted out there uh, to, last night on the Spark 2 was from the last half of my show on Tuesday night. And basically what we talked about was Drone DJ put out an article stating that the Spark 2 is going to be released in July, he believes, and with the upgraded specs on it. Um, the upgraded specs look good, and, and I think from looking at the specs on there, I think you know we see increased runtime from 16 minutes to 18 minutes, and I know a lot of people were like, wow, I wish they could have up, upped it even more. Rick Smith, um, by trade, he's an, he's an electrical engineer, and he brought up a good point when he was on Coast to Coast Drones on drone therapy with us. He stated that the technology for uh, lithium ion batteries hasn't evolved to the point of being able to get more inside such a compact area. In other words, you know, there, there's a constraint. Yes, you can have more runtime, but that means you're going to have to have a bigger battery and a bigger drone to do that. And, you know, you run into, you know, it, it starts messing with with your dynamics in terms of, you know, weight and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's kind of at a constraint right now. And the technology needs to develop more to be able to get more battery power in the same size of, of a battery is basically what he's saying, you know, in kind of layman's terms. But uh, they're talking about a better controller for this. They're not talking OcuSync, but... They're talking a better controller, which, you know, I know a lot of people complain about the range of the Spark uh, without, you know, without doing anything to it. And that's true. It did have, you know, as it comes out of the box, you know, the range is, is, is very limited. 
And the other thing that they were talking about um, on that as well was having Active Sync 2.0, um, which I, I think is great. Um, or Active Track 2.0. I'm sorry, excuse me. I think that's a, that's a great feature to be added to it. And of course, the big thing is having a 4K 30 frames per second camera on it with an improved gimbal. So, you know, all in all, I think what we're going to get from this is we're going to have a, you know, the, the price point is going to stay where it's at. I don't see it increasing over what the original Spark was. I think you'll be able to get a Spark with a controller for $499. And I think you'll be able to get a Spark with a controller with a Flymore kit for probably $6.99 or maybe $7.99. I don't see those kind of prices changing, which is good because you know, this is this is a, a, an entry-level drone. This is targeted at a different type of uh, of you know market base. You're not hitting you're not hitting the people that are going to be buying the Phantom 4 Pros or the Inspire 2s. You're going to be hitting people that are just getting into drones or looking for something to go take on their vacations with them. And this is a perfect solution for that. And especially, you know, those that want to shoot in 4K, 30 frames per second, this is going to be ideal for them because I know, you know, one of the big knock, the two big knocks on the Spark were the runtime and also um, the video quality. Well, you know, those are both going to get, the video quality is going to get a marked increase. The runtime, it's, it's going to uptick a little bit more too. So, you know, all in all, this is going to be a real winner. So are you are you thinking that it's going to have a three-axis gimbal? Yes, I, I definitely. That I, you know, that's one of the things, Paul, that 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 they needed on it because you know, you know, not only the four K thirty frames per second, you can have that, but if you don't have a three-axis gimbal, it really limits you for your field of vision. I know, you know, with the videos you shoot, that, that's a must. I mean, you, you can't, you couldn't go out there with a, a spark and shoot the videos that you do, Paul. No, no. And and the other thing too is that. I think that I, uh, would you classify it? I'm not putting words in your mouth, but this is is an upgrade or a step up for the Spark. It isn't a redesign or a new item. I agree. I think it's an upgrade. Um, they did say, however, the battery will not be compatible with the battery in the current Spark, and I think that's probably you know maybe they might tweak the body just a tad just to get the battery in but again you're right i don't see this isn't a this isn't a complete like you know going from the mavic pro to the mavic mavic 2 pro okay this isn't that kind of a radical change as far as the physical size is concerned it's going to be you're going to see it you know it's going it's going to be in centimeters you're not going to be seeing you know a radical change here you see any changes with um with the uh, um, like prog programs available in it, is it going to have uh, more uh, obstacle avoidance sensors or any of those kinds of things? Do you think? Um, you know, the one the big talk was that the Spark needed a rear obstacle avoidance sensor, which I agree, and I didn't hear anything about that. I, I wish they would do that. Um, I do think there's going to be more of those modes, like um, um, th those selfie kind of modes that that they have on there. Um, you know, I did a video on, on a Spark a long time ago, a couple of years ago, and then I just recently did one on the Mavic 2 Pro that using the, um, I, I want a lack of a better term, that, that spherical mode where it jumps up and it looks like, you know, you're looking at looking at the earth. There's that one mode called Rocket, um, you know, those kind of things. I think they'll probably have more of those on this. Um, I did also hear, and this wasn't listed on Drone DJ, but I did hear that there were they, they were toying around with voice commands on it. So 
Um, you know, we'll see on that. But I think the I, th I think that they'll they'll get they'll, they'll get it'll be a better package. And I think their goal is to try to keep the price point the same as it was as the original. Yeah, and the, the only other thing, and I'll let Roger go ahead, but the only other thing is, do you think that it's going to have the follow me mode is going to also be able to sense and move around and avoid objects as it's following? Well, you know, that's a that, that's something that's on the Mavic Air. And I think, you know, it, it's all dependent upon the kind of obstacle avoidance sensors that are already on there, Paul, because I don't see them. I don't see them upgrading as far as the obstacle avoidance sensors are concerned. I don't think th think that was their goal here. But if they could program program programmatically be able to do that, I think they would. I think I think you'll see a software update. To maybe do some better obstacle avoidance with the spark yeah so my question is uh i don't think the uh spark will be able to work on the old spark controller we'll right that's you're 100 percent correct roger because i think they're going to go with a new type of transmission system i don't know what it is but it's not going to they, they definitely said it's not going to be ocusync 2.0 but it's going to be it's going to be a marked improvement from the old one okay and there actually, you know, there were also some rumors that I heard too, is that the controllers are going to look a lot like the, the Mavic Pro and the Mavic 2 Pro controllers with telemetry data on there, which I think, you know, I think that should be a must on every drone. You know, when, when I got my Mavic Pro a couple of years ago, I was just so impressed that I had, you know, I had redundancy. I had to go, you know, I, you know, I had the, had the app, you know, which had all the telemetry data, but you know, when I look down, I also had the other telemetry data too, which I think is invaluable. I think that's fantastic. You know, um, you know, one of the other things that that I wanted to kind of um, touch base with this morning, and you know, and and I know this applies for us here in the states, is this new FAA rule. And I kind of wanted to come on and explain some of these things. Um, you know, there's been a lot of videos. I I put out a video on it, and there's been a lot of other videos that have come out on this. You know, one of these, basically the, the rule change is this, is if you live in, or if you're in controlled airspace, meaning, you know, with you're within five miles of an airport and you're a hobbyist flyer, you don't have a part 107, you used to be able to call the tower to say, you know, I'm build a drone reviewer. I want to, this is where I'm going to fly. This is my altitude. Here's my contact information, you know, and, and it was good. Well, the rules have changed. The rules, and, and a lot of people have missed this part, is if you want, you can still do this. However, you have to apply for a waiver with the FAA to do it. Right now, what the FAA has done is through the um, I, uh, AMA, I think is what it's called, the, the, the association we have here that um, regulates a radio-controlled aircraft is they have fields you could be able to fly at. And the FAA has designated these fields in controlled airspaces that are in, in controlled airspaces where you can fly. So that, that's how, that, that's their workaround for this. And of course, if you're a part 107, you can use uh, an app like AirMap, uh, be able to click on it. And if the airport is enabled with LAANC, you know, it's just a, a couple of click hit, quick hits of the button and you'll be able to fly there. And, that, and they can see you, um, on the map, so they know where you're at, and I think that's the that's the important thing here. But a lot of people are saying, you know, we're, we're talking about these being temporary. These are not temporary rules; these are permanent. Okay, there's no there was no language in there that indicated that anything about this was temporary. Uh, and I want to want to make that clear. 
And, you know, a lot of other people see this as, oh, well, the FAA is doing this to force pilots, everybody to get their part 107s. Well, I don't, again, I don't see that as being the case. I see this as, you know, them wanting to have an idea of where aircraft are all the time. I don't see any kind of harm in this. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's like the sky's falling. The sky's not falling. You know, if you abide by the rules, it's it makes it very easy to go out there and fly your drone. Well, you know, whether you're here, you know, you know, and, and I know up in Canada, you know, the rules have changed up up there for you guys as well. And, and you know, it's, you know, I, I think the government has, you know, a certain amount of discretion that, that they have here and they want to know, they want to control the airspace. And, and I'll give an, give an example here. Um, you know, I love YouTube and I love watching videos on YouTube. And one of the, I watch a channel called the flight channel. And what it is, is reenactment of airline accidents or airline airplane accidents over the years using like a, a flight simulator, you know, and it's actually very accurate. And I watched one that was at the time it was considered the war in the worst air accident in the United history in the United States. And it was, I believe, in 1960, and it was over LaGuardia Airport, where a um, it was a, a United DC-8 um, and a um, it was a TWA Lockheed Constellation um, crashed into each other. And the basic thing behind that was now this prompted a whole shift change as far as air traffic controlling was concerned here in the United States. And President Kennedy at the time authorized the FAA to do what it would take so people would know where other planes are. So that's why we have the modern system that we have today was, you know, unfortunately a lot of people lost their lives, but it was, it was kind of a pioneering thing because, you know, air traffic controllers were guessing. They had, did not have the ability to see, you know, planes on their radar screen until they were within the vicinity of the airport. So it was just, they were, they were guessing with flight levels and, and it was just, it was just a very unfortunate accident, but it led to a big, change in the way we do things here as far as airspace is concerned. And I think this is this is how we need to approach this is, you know, we want to be able to enjoy flying our drones. Okay. And we, you know, and we want to be able to fly safely as well too. You know, you know, you and I, you know, we love to fly our drones and we also love to be able to go and get um you know to go to go and be able to fly on planes as well too, and to be able to do that safely, you know. And yes, I think the government has has an obligation to us to make sure that our airways are safe and clear. And you know, we have an obligation as even as hobbyists, you know, to make sure that we follow the rules and regulations that are set in place for by the government, you know. And then again, you know, if something is out of line, if if they're not, if the, if it's if it's not something that is should be noticed, you know, that's why we have, you know, a, a, you know, elected officials, we can go to them and say, look, you know, this is something I think we need to change this. And here's why. And if we come at them, you know, if we come at this as a united front and say, you know what, this is something that needs to change. And here's why and prevent, you know, and provide a logical explanation for it, you know, it can happen. But if we go at it half, half cocked and say, you know, you know, you guys need to take care of this. This is ridiculous, you know, and just start, you know, that banner. That's not going to change things. We need to engage our elected officials and we need to say, look, you know, this is something, you know, 
why don't we look at doing it this way instead of this way? And then, you know, list all list every reason why under there instead of just just going off with all this stuff, you know? Right, right. Because I think there is a bit um, in, in all the communities, different communities of uh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Excuse oh the pun. God. And what it what it does is it takes our eye off the prize. We get so wrapped up in the minutia of all this that we don't see what we really need to be doing, which is to be flying, to be out there and just follow the rules, see what happens. And then when you find something not working, speak up and make sure you're heard. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, but, you know, uh, Val's right. You know, don't, you know, a lot of people think the sky's falling here and it's not, okay? It's it's not falling. It's, you know, right. r realize something here, okay? You know, and, and, and I'll go back, you know, I'll, I'll just briefly say, you know, when our countries were founded, okay, you know, there were laws and rules that were set into place, you know, to keep civilized order, all right? And, you know, most of us follow those rules, okay? And if we don't, you know, you, you pay the, pay the consequence for this too. And it's kind of the same thing here. You know, you follow the rules, you follow things, you know, it, it provides for order. Okay. And it, when you don't, that's when things get out of order. And, and I think that's the whole thing here is, you know, we want to, we want to keep this in perspective because if we don't, you know, it's just, it's just going to go, it's just going to go off on a tangent here. And we don't, you, you don't want people, you don't want that. You don't want people to, to, to go to an extreme here as far as that's concerned. The way I see it, and, and hello, everybody. Um, but hey, the way Red. I see it, Bill, is you're exactly right there. So think about it. Back in the days when cars were first invented, were there rules governing speed limits and where you could park and all that stuff when they were first invented? No, because there were not enough of them out there to make it warranted having to have those. Well, when drones first came out, there weren't a lot of people flying them. The, they weren't very high tech and able to fly miles away from you. But now they can. There's so many of them out there. Think of all the traffic laws that we have out there now. That's on a two-dimensional plane. Drones fly in a three-dimensional plane. They not only go forward, left, right, backwards, they also go up and down. And so if they're sharing that space and anybody who crashes up in the air there's no, oh, you pull over to the median and you exchange information. Whatever is up there is coming down. And then you got to, after the wreckage, figure out what's going on. And unfortunately, some of the stuff that's up there has people inside of it. And so they need to be like, I have never had a problem with them making rules regarding safety of flight because most plane crashes aren't pretty. No, you know, that's a good point, Russell. I mean, you know, and one of the more ridiculous things is, you know, when you see these media accounts of, of oh, you know, there's something ha happening over at Gatwick, over, over overseas, over in, over in England, and then there was something supposedly a couple of pilots near Newark, New Jersey, spotted a drone and all this. You know, it's like it, it, it's all hearsay, okay? Because where's my, my very first question is, where's your proof, okay? If you can right. show me the drone, okay, that's fine. You can't show me the drone, you know, that, that's not, you know, I, I'm sorry, what you're saying is hearsay because, and especially for pilots, it, it, if you if you really want to think about it, and I don't know who those pilots were, we're talking about the drones that they spotted uh, or the drone they spotted um, and when they were getting ready to land in New Jersey, okay? Now, if you're familiar at all with aviation, okay, you know, when, when they're beginning their descent, okay, 
And if they're, I think they said that they were at like three or 4,000 feet. Okay. Let's be realistic here. All right. Um, you know, when you're up three or 4,000 feet, I know there were some, there's a video of somebody overseas that went up. I don't know how many miles up in the air. He has like 10 million views on it. Oh and yeah. It, yeah. I know it's one you're talking about. It, yeah. And it crashed. Okay. Yeah. Well, he you went know, up eight and a half thousand. Exactly. You, know, you can't, I mean, you know, DJI, for example, and, and I'll use this as an example, they'll list on, the, on their specs, on their drones, an effective ceiling. Now, what this, what that term means is, you know, there's a lot of physics that come into this, okay? And, and, and the biggest thing is, you know, they're, they're, the air up there is different than it is at 100 feet or 200 feet. And the ability to maintain lift is much different, you know, at 5,000 feet than it is at, at 500 feet. So, you know, th there's a big difference there. And people don't realize that. So uh, the lifespan of a drone at 5,000 feet or above, you know, it's not going to last very long up there. That battery is going to go from, say, 80% to like 20% in maybe five minutes because yeah. it's having to maintain um, I mean, it, it, it's work. It's overworking itself. All right. Because the other difference, the other difference is you can have a massive difference between 5,000 feet in elevation and 5,000 feet in elevation. If you're taking off and you're going all the way up to 5,000 feet from sea level, you're going to have some fairly high upper level winds where if you go above a mountain here, that's 4,800 feet high and you go 200 feet above it, you're, you're still going to get winds, but you're not, you're not going to get 5,000 foot winds above sea level. Exactly. That, that, you know, and, and see, this is what makes it all ludicrous because, you know, I did a video and it was probably, I'm going to say maybe about a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. And you may have seen it. The University of Dayton launched a um, drone into a, um, what do I want to say? Um, they launched it into the wing of an old Mooney aircraft. Oh, I remember that. It was an old Phantom 3. And it was almost like this contraption that they used to do it at 200 miles an hour. All right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my whole thing was on this video, you know, and I actually contacted University of Dayton. I never got a response from them. I said, you know, what were your parameters? What were your what were your guidelines for, the, for this? Do, you know, did you have anything? I never got a response. But number one, you know, to be hitting that at 200 miles an hour. Okay. The, the Mooney didn't fly. I think, I think it's top speed was like about 190. Okay. So, you know, and, and the Phantom three, I mean, what, what 30 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour, top speed of the Phantom three. I'm not sure. I mean, it was ridiculous. Number one. And, and number two, they showed the impact of it and, you know, it tore a hole in the wing and the drone was completely destroyed. But the whole fallacy of that, it, it was just, you know, it wasn't a scientific study, number one. And number two, I've seen other studies where birds striking the wing of a similar aircraft, okay, it pretty much destroyed that wing, all right? Those birds are are much more of a threat than drones are up there. Right. Correct. The, the problem, the biggest problem I have with that test, and I do remember your video on that, Bill, the biggest problem I have with that test is if you're going to test something at that speed, you had better be doing it in a wind tunnel because blow all results out of the water if you're not. Because mm -hmm. if that wing is going 200 miles an hour, it's going to have lift under and below it, or under it and above it, I should say. And that is going to affect the pathing of the drone. So exactly. what really would happen at 200 miles an hour up in the air is that thing, first of all, if the nose cones turbulence doesn't already cause it to start tumbling at that close, 
by the time it gets to that wind, it's either going up or below it. If it, it's not going to strike right on that because it's going to have too much lift carrying it up or below. So it's going to glance off and tumble. That's what would happen in real life. Mm -hmm, exactly. You know, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that people need to remember here with, with all this. Okay. Um, I think the only one where we've had any kind of a, a real verified incident was, um, there was a Phantom four that actually hit an army helicopter. And I think it was around New Jersey and they thought they had enough of the wreckage of the Phantom four to be able to trace it back to the owner. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I, I've never followed up to see what happened about that. But I mean, that that was just, I mean, you know, those kind of things do happen. But, you know, the Army helicopter landed safely. There wasn't any issue as far as far as that was concerned. So, you know, this whole thing about, you know, people getting all, you know, you know, in, in a lather about this. It, it's just it's it's ridiculous because, you know, you know, when you also reach a certain altitude, you know, you're going to lose sight of your not only, you know, I'm talking about losing sight as far as a first person view from your controller. You're not going to have that anymore. So you have no idea where you're flying. Okay. And I'll tell you what, 99.9% .9 of the people that I know that fly drones, you know, they don't, that's a no, no for them. Okay. They don't do that kind of stuff. What so, detail you know, are you going to see from 5,000 feet in the air? That is so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you get? You know, when you get up there, realize something. You know, that's a great point, Russell, because you get up there and guess what you're going to see a lot of? Probably clouds. Okay. And, you know, uh, your vision will be obscured anyway. So, what are you going to, what, what are you seeing at 5,000 feet that you don't see at 400 feet? Okay. That really cool field that you can now see 10 miles away that, oh, wow, you can now see it. Yeah, it's a square. I can give you a square if you want to look at one. Here's a square of yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, th th that's where we're at. So, you know, this whole thing with, with you know, uh, these rules that are being instituted, you know, it's a good thing. And people need to look at it as such. Um, you know, a, a lot of people will say, you know, it's a money grab by the FAA. Well, I think one of the things that I think the FAA needs to work on here um, is the test that you take for your part 107. Now, I took it. Well, he, he's a licensed helicopter pilot, lives over in California. He has his own photograph, aerial photography business, and he also uses drones as well. He told me, he said, Bill, he said, that is almost the same exact test that you take, written test that you take for a private pilot's license here in the United States. He says, it is ridiculous. The questions that they have on there, it's just, it's just somebody from one department came over and said, you know what? We need, here, here's what we'll do. We'll just take an excerpt from the private pilot's test and throw it on, onto the, um, onto the test for, you know, part 107, which is absolutely ridiculous. They're asking you about METARs and weather and, you know, they'll ask, you know, there's some trick questions on there. You know, yeah. one of the big trick questions is, okay, you know, you have three structures, one's at a hundred feet, AG, you know, above ground level. Another one's 200 feet above ground level. Another one is 500, you know, what's the altitude to take off or what's this or, or where is it illegal? I mean, they just throw this kind of stuff at you. And then another one is they'll say, okay, you had a drink 24 hours ago. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my favorite later, one. you know, is it okay to fly? You know, it's just like, it, it's ridiculous. These questions, I mean, yeah. make them relevant to, to, to us. And, and I know, um, Jason Shoppert, and, and I probably mispronounced his name, the guy who does Real Pilot 101, which is the best course out there. Oh, yeah, Jason Shaper. Yeah. Shepard. Sorry, yeah. Shepard. He's, 
he's fantastic. Okay. You know, and, and I'm sure he, cause he's a licensed private pilot. I'm sure he would agree with me, you know, that these questions that they have on the test are just absolutely ridiculous, you know, gear it more towards, you know, um, you know, what's it take to, you know, how do you start your drone? You know, how do you do a compass calibration on your drone? And they're for the most part, you know, I, I'm saying things that are more relevant to drones. Okay. You know, if you're, if you're, if you lose sight of your drone, how do you recover it? You know, things that are relevant for that, not things that are just like, you know, um, yeah, you need to know airspace and you need to know where you are in airspace and you need to have, have a relative idea of that. But they go way overboard on that, and and it's too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a private pilot, okay. I'm I'm a, I'm a, going to be a part 107, and I'm going to use it for commercial purposes. So you know, in order to do that, let's make it more realistic here, because right now the way that test is, it's not realistic. And did you, did you already take the test, Bill? Oh yeah, it's oh, okay. now the renewal. $150. When I originally took it was 125. It's now 150. All right. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that's pass or fail. Now, what's Correct. really interesting with that is, you know, it's every two years. And I think that's ridiculous too. I think something like that should be at a minimum every five to Four. 10 years. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> you know, I have, I'm also, and a lot of people don't know this. I have a ham radio license. Okay. I'm an amateur extra which means I can go on any band here in the United States, all right? Now, my license is good, listen to this, okay? 15 years, okay? So I think the FCC needs to talk to the FAA and then get their acts together as far as this is concerned. Yeah, but you know what? Before the FAA and the FCC can talk to each other, they have to meet in the middle at the FBB. <laughs> oh my god absolutely i'm really? i got you know th this week is, is going to be great you know i'm i may be doing it i'm not sure depending upon when the osmo action comes i may be doing like a live unboxing and setup of it i've never done a live unboxing before so i'm kinda like crossing my fingers i don't know if i'm going to do that or not but i'm also planning you know you know as i said you know using this for you know going up to ohio to record you know the first time we see our granddaughter but what I'm planning on doing also as well is, you know, when I'm going outside and shooting videos, I'm going to be using this as well because it's an invaluable tool. Tool, And I think a lot of a lot of guys, you know, miss this and being able to, yeah, you want to look at the features and everything and it is an action cam, but to be able to have it outside to help record things, I think is going to be fantastic for me. And when you I do your review on that, Bill, just having action cam and stuff myself. Do a do a test on the audio compared to like a cell phone or something like that because audio is always the problem with those action cams. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing. Uh, and it, before you popped on, Russell, one of the things that that I found out is DJI has an adapter for it, but they don't have it out yet. And I think that's going to be key for this because I know a lot of people, you know, the sound that comes off a of GoPro Hero Seven and, and naturally in the sound. I mean, a lot of people with the, when the Osmo Pocket came out said you know that sound was just horrific with it and it was out of the box until yeah. they got the adapter out for that but you know once you got they got the adapter out and people started you know hooking up you know external microphones to that it makes a big difference it, it does my problem with that though is now me myself i'm not really using my action camera for this but the average person who's buying a gopro 7 or now the osmo uh, action they're using that drone or drone 
They're using that action camera because they want to be able to go out in the water, jump into the ocean, jump into whatever, the river and everything with it. And so you're, if you hook up an external mic, you are no longer waterproof. Exactly. Right. And so you got to worry about So I really would really like to see some kind of action camera that has a def- decent enough mic because like my action camera, that GoPro 7, which I, I still love it. I'm not going to lie. I still love it. But if I hold it right here and I'm talking and everything, I'm good. Hey, Ashley. Um, I'm, I'm good. But, oh, Ashley, I was going to use my Canadian Drone Hub coffee mug. Here, you can use mine, Russell. Mine, go, mine is green and way awesome. Mine um, is prettier. Yeah, that. it is. But that's why I got the green one because nobody else would have it. Um, <laughs> but, but anyways, what I was saying, Bill, is if I hold that thing, if I hold that thing out here, if I, it, like I have it on my little, uh, oh, I have it right here, actually. So if I'm holding this thing out here, the audio is already getting bad at this point. It's not great. You can't hear it. And, and if I have it on a tripod or something and I'm like five or six feet away from it, forget it. It sounds like, you know, you're throwing audio down a hallway at it. Well, you know, you brought up a good point, Russell, with the, with the, uh, waterproofing, um, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, this kind of sets apart from the from the Hero 7 is, you know, you have to put it, you know, in a case to keep, make sure it's waterproof. But with the Osmo Action, it's right out of the box. It's it's ready to go as far as that's concerned, uh, which I think is a great feature. But I think one of the things, you know, this whole thing about audio is, is a key point on this because, you know, you go out there and you shoot the best video you can possibly shoot. But if you don't have good audio with it, it's like, oh, my gosh, what a nightmare. You know, and for me, for example, you know, um, what I do is I use a corded um, lavalier mic I got for for about um, 30 bucks on Amazon. And it has about a 20 foot cord with it that I use on my smartphone. So when Mm -hmm. I go out there and I'm shooting my videos, you know, you can hear me crystal clear. I mean, there's no no difference with that. And that's one of the things that I'm worried about until and I'm hoping that they come out with this adapter sooner rather than later for this Mm -hmm. because for me you know i need that i need good audio because i don't want to have to go back when i'm putting my videos together in in adobe and go have to have to record a track over it i want to be able to get it exactly as well like when i'm outside you know with what i'm saying yeah i I have a quick question can i ask you so i was going to go get the uh, mic adapter because okay i have a gopro 5 and until this thing dies, that's I think the level I'm going to be at, and and it's good, but you can't you can't pick up that adapter anywhere, Bill. I've been looking for it through GoPro, Amazon, all the offshoot stores. Nobody has that adapter right now. Everyone's complaining about not having it. What is up with GoPro? I don't I don't know I, I don't so, know that's ridiculous. The other thing, uh, Bill, is these are actually waterproof up to three well oh okay up to three meters the the case gives it more what is it 20 meters or 15 meters or something like that but they are water so like if i'm just jumping in a river or something like that and i'm going no more than you know five or six feet under the water it's fine like you do okay yeah i do in a river like you do I, I like to I like to play around in water. Yes, <laughs> but but what I w- what I was actually kind of getting towards is, wouldn't it be great if they made one of these with a Bluetooth connection to a mic? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I was 
we had talked about this on Coast to Coast Drones with Bill Thomas and Ron Brown and myself, is if they had some kind of a Bluetooth connection here and to be able to do that, you know, I, I was just like, wow. I mean, that would be like a light bell going off, you know. It, it, it already Bluetooths to my phone to yeah, send see, videos and stuff. You so. know, that, that's a firmware kind of a thing. I think that could easily happen. And I think DJI could probably easily do something like that too. I know, for example, I looked at, I know Rode just came out with a mic. I know it's not, it's it's most mostly for smartphone. It's it's a smartphone based mic, but it's it's Bluetooth. It's you hook you hook the adapter on your phone, and then you pick pin the pin the actual mic on your lapel. You know, and you could be you know what five ten feet away and still get crystal clear audio on that. So, you Is know, that the micro go? Um, it's by Rode. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right, Val. Like yeah, a little square is different. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's about mm, hundred and. $20, $130. I don't think it's that expensive, but I mean, everything I've seen and I've seen some videos on it. I mean, it works really well. I mean, you know, when, for example, when I went to the, see the bigger picture event in New York, I didn't, I forgot my, my lavalier mic. So, I mean, it was the audio that I got from it. You know, whoever was shooting me, my, my wife did a lot of the video. She had to be up like fairly close to me for, to be able to, and I had to talk louder because I try had to do like two or three takes while I was there because the, the audio didn't come through. So you know, to have some kind of of, of a um, audio system like that is just like absolutely fantastic. And with and with with the GoPro Hero Seven and with the and with the Osmo Action, you know, I think it's key because you know if you're out there, you're going out, you're enjoying things, especially you know if you're underwater or you know you're you're doing something rugged or something. You know, you want to be able to pick up that audio. You know, having that video is great, but not having that audio is a real killer. Yep. I agree. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been my biggest knock on it. I absolutely love everything else about this thing. Everything. I know. I, I, I talked to, um, you know, I talked to Ron Brown a lot, you know, um, did a video um, at the beach here in Florida with him when he and his wife were down here visiting and had such a great time with that. I mean, he was so impressed with it. And that's one of the things that he said, you know, was, was it just, it, it works so well. And, you know, one of the things he likes about it and he actually did it the other day to demonstrate that it worked was being able to do a live stream from YouTube. And, and he did that for, yeah. from the Hero 7. And, and I think that, I think uh, that, I think you will see that with DJI's camera. I, there, I have absolutely no doubt with that. And there's one thing, and, and I, I, and, and, you know, we need to remember something with DJI. You know, they don't let all the features out at once with something like this. You know, they, they give right. you they, they'll give you a certain set. They may give you, I think, maybe 25% of the total features at launch. And with firmware updates, you know, you'll be getting more and more of these features. And that's exactly what they did with the Osmo Pocket, you know, when they launched it. And now I guess the latest firmware update for the Osmo Pocket just added a whole host of different features for that that people have been talking about. So, you know, that, that's one of the things th that I give DJI some credit for. And, and I think it's also smart marketing too, because if you come out and you have the whole gambit of features at once, okay, well, yeah. guess what, okay? When go by the next. Right. When GoPro Hero comes out with their eight, they'll know their competition will know exactly what they need to do to step it up a notch. But if you only come out with 25% of your features at launch, okay, 
which it, which is it's still and it's still good. I mean, there are things you know on that Osmo action, for example, you know that front facing um, selfie selfie um, screen, you know that th th that makes a difference for a lot of people. I mean, you know, it, it and to have have it to be in color too. I mean, yeah. And, and if, if GoPro wasn't going to have a selfie screen on the Hero Eight, you better be darn sure they will now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I agree with them 100%. You know, and GoPro, evidently, you know, from my understanding with them, I think their launch, whenever they do it, is, is in September. So it's it's kind of right around the corner. And this kind of gives their engineers time to be able to, to, to get that taken care of. And this brings up an interesting point. When the Mavic 2 was originally going to be, be announced, it was originally going to be announced in July last year. And then, remember, there was a delay till August. Well, the reason there was a delay was Parrot came out with the Anafi, and it had a Zoom feature on it. Well, you know, from what I hear, everything that I hear, what happened was what DJI went back and said, you know what, let's come out instead of with one drone, the Mavic 2 Pro, we're going to come out with a Mavic 2 Zoom, and we're going to put the camera on there that's going to have a Zoom feature. And, and if you know anything about the cameras on both of these drones, they're completely interchangeable. I mean, you know, you can you can swap out the cameras on, on either one of their drones. I mean, that's one thing that they actually even announced at launch that said for a feed, DJI will do it. I mean, they've never really officially announced it, but there's plenty of videos on YouTube where guys are switching the videos out. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely positively easy thing to do. And this is what DJI did. They put they put a zoom camera on, on the same platform. They call it the zoom. All right. And it's just and it just made it, you know, it just opened up a whole new market for them. And they were actually smart in delaying that launch to do that. And, you know, because, you know, when you delay a launch, and this is something that I've talked about with people, you know, that, that get impatient. I said, you need to understand something. DJI does not want to repeat the mistake that they had with the original Mavic Pro. When it came out in October 2016, people weren't getting them till December and January of the following year. Right. And they don't want to have that happen again. So they need to build up inventory and stuff. I mean, when I ordered my Mavic 2 Pro, I got it within six days, okay, after yeah. launch. I mean, it was it was sitting on my doorstep. I mean, it was the, the timing was just incredible with that. And, and that's the whole thing here, too, with the GoPro kind of a thing. You know, they, they now see what DJI did, so they're going to crank it up a notch. But you can bet at launch, and this is something, you know, DJI is probably holding holding in their back pocket some things in a firmware update until the GoPro Hero 8 comes out, and then you'll see them go, here we go. And they'll put out something that will absolutely be fantastic. It's just, it's just, um, I, I know the way they work, and I, and I really do like the way they work on this. Uh, I got to say, Billy, you're an absolute pro. My kid was making all those noises, and you never even skipped a beat. <laughs> That's what happens when you've had a oh, long oh, oh, to have, oh, to have, uh, that was, Russell, that was many, uh, that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Far away. <laughs> my, hey, my Bill, let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah, Val. For someone like me, let's say I didn't have any kind of action cam, what would be the best buy for the money? And for what you get right now, for right now, and let's say all things being equal, let's say that price is two ninety nine. Okay, right. Um, there's no tariff on it. All right. I think either one you would get if you get a Hero Seven or if you got an Osmo Action. I think either one, either one would would be an absolute fantastic buy. You know, I can't knock. I cannot knock a Hero Seven. It's one of those things. Like you know, 
you, you just can't knock it. You know, it, there's just so many great features on it. You know, you know, the, there's a couple of things for me that I think set the Osmo action apart. You know, that front facing, um, you know, viewfinder that you have right. on, on there is number one. The rock steady on it is better than the image stabilization on the Hero 7 from all the footage that I've seen. And the refresh rate, the refresh rate on the, on the Hero 7 is 70. The refresh rate on the Osmo Action is 100. Um, okay, what's that, the refresh so rate? It's the right rate, the right rate. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's basically how many megabits per second is it taking the video in and recording it at. So it, oh. when you're doing 4K video at 60 frames per second, there's a lot of information coming in. And so it might not take the best red or the best green when it's trying to keep up and, and go at, let's say something that can only write at 30 megabits per second. It will not get the best colors. It will have a little bit of jumpiness every now and then, sometimes some ghosting. Whereas if you have a really high write rate, it will be, you know, crystal clear. And and, and interactive DNA a law about 15, 20 minutes ago or so did actually say something that is true. The codec makes a lot of difference as well, other than just the write speed. The codec is probably almost more important than write speed in some in some cases. In some cases, yeah. And you know. Um, that's a good point, Russell, because, you know, and, and I think for most people out there, and, and this is something, you know, whether, you know, you're, you're flying a drone or whether, you know, you're using an action cam and you're, you're, you're putting it in into whatever video editing software that you're using. Okay. I, I can tell you this nine out of 10 people are not going to really have anything to do now. You know, Russell, you might do it. I may do it. And some others may do it, but for most people, you know, they're going to take what they get and put a video out about it, okay? You're not going to see people messing around with color saturation or brightness right. or anything like that. You know, they're going to put their video together and put it out there as is, which I think is fantastic. I mean, you know, unless you're, you're using it, example, let's say, you know, you're shooting real estate, okay? You're going to want colors right. to pop. You'll probably put that in and, and do some rendering to it um, and do some post with it. And that's where an instance where things like codecs matter, you know, and people, you know, when, when you get at that level, then you know what's going on. And one of the things that I've said ab about this, as far as like, let's say you go ahead and you get your part 107 and you're shooting commercially for things. Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm a huge proponent of is that you outsource your video editing. Okay. Because here's the thing. And Rick Smith brought this up from Joan Valley and I agree with him hundred percent. You know, if you're sitting there in front of your computer, all right, doing rendering and video editing, you're not out shooting and making money. Okay. When you're out there shooting, you're actually making your money. So right. you, off, you know, you offload that to a third party to have them do that for you. And I, I'm a huge proponent of that because if you don't, you're bogged down. You spend, you spend, you know, 10% of your time shooting and 90% of your time video editing, you know, and you're yeah. losing clients that way. I mean, yeah. that way. I agree with that. And, and if if I got busy enough, like because I actually do real estate drone stuff and all that, and I have my part one of seven as well, Bill. It, the only thing is, is if I actually got busy enough to where that was like my real first job, that might actually be something I would do. But I only do a few here and there. And so I have the time to edit and I still love yeah. doing the editing and everything. But I was going to say back to Val's question, though, Bill. So like 
would you say like agree that like the average consumer not us youtubers and stuff because we are all really wanting image quality and different abilities but the gopro white 7 the gopro 7 white is perfectly great for like the average consumer out there that just <laughs> wants a camera they can run with that's waterproof because it does a lot of the same stuff it just doesn't have all of the little intricacies that the seven has well, you know, that's a good, that's a great point, Russell. You know, a lot of people, you know, if, if you're tech savvy, if you're tech smart, you know, getting, getting the, the, you know, GoPro Hero 7, the loaded one and getting the, you know, the black one and, and getting like the Osmo Action. These are perfect for people that are tech savvy and that have some ability to be able to get into menus and be able to change settings and so forth. But for that, for an average consumer, th th that would just be absolutely spot on perfect. And I don't know what the price is, but I'm sure it has a good, better price point. It's well. one sixty nine. Yeah, see, that's, so that's a real grab. I mean, so let me ask: What does it have the same stabilization? No, it has oh. image stabilization, but it doesn't have the the hyper smooth stabilization. So, so it's not so, near as good. So let me show you something. So so here's my GoPro five. Mm -hmm. And if this thing had a little camera on the front, right, to show me front facing, mm -hmm. I just want to remind everyone, you have to have pretty freaking good sight to see that anyway. <laughs> the only thing you're going to know is there might be something in the frame. That would be me because these reading glasses don't see far away. It just looks blurry. Well, I don't I have these on. It's Things aren't as clear anymore as they used to be so so that front-facing camera is only really important i think to the young and people who actually wear prescription glasses well maybe. it's also the big thing is that val is like if i'm going like this with my camera i can't know that if the camera is pointed too high too low too left too right and so that front-facing camera really all you're using it is to frame yourself in the photo or yeah i'd be lucky to even see that i could be showing my dog <laughs> and i wouldn't know I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I agree, Val. You know, it's like being able to see that, you know, if I don't if I don't have these on, I'm in trouble. I'm in right? Serious trouble. Okay? It could be a duck, and I could be talking and not uh, absolutely quack, quack, quack. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm actually waiting for the weather to hopefully get better today because it's if I don't get it done today, it'll have to be tomorrow, and tomorrow it's supposed to be a little windier. But I'm actually heading to do that one photo shoot that I was talking about earlier in the week, um, uh, old 1895, I think, or 96 built hotel. And I'm doing like a drone photo shoot and interior photo shoot and stuff. So nice. Be awesome. I can't wait. Nice. That would be it absolutely great. Well, one of the other things I wanted to um, talk about before, before I part ways with everybody is a smart controller. And, you know, I know, you know, and, and you know, the big news about that this week was the, was the price increase on it. And people were just like, eh, but um, you know, one of the things that I found, I found a, they, they have an issue with being able to stream um, to, to do YouTube and live stream with it and Facebook live stream. And all that issue really boiled down to was, that they have a browser called the Lightning browser on the smart controller, and it did not play real well with Google. And they they're working on a workaround, but I I used the I used well there is a workaround. They're working on a permanent solution for that. But what I did was I downloaded Opera Mini, and and, and I had some pe people ask me a lot of questions about that. And one of the things 
I downloaded it directly from, I went out to, you can go out to Google on the smart controller and I went out to Opera and I downloaded it directly from Opera. I didn't use an APK. I used their download for it. And it was a down, you know, an Opera Mini is specifically for, for mobile devices. And once I got that on there, problem was solved. I was able to connect to, to YouTube that way. I had no problems doing that. But a lot of people were trying to download the uh, Opera Mini APK. The APK does not work. It's just, you have to download some other, other things to it and it gets too cumbersome. And I wanted a workaround that was just simple and easy and a quick fix. And it did and it worked. So, you know, if you guys get a chance, check out that video because, you know, I know a lot of people have been asking, you know, I haven't been able to get, get that to work. Now, what was real interesting for me, though, was I tried Facebook as it was out of the box and Connect Live, and I actually worked right out of the box. So I couldn't, I couldn't figure that one out. But, yeah, it does work. It's just you have to use, use another browser in the interim to do that. And I highly recommend Opera Mini. I mean, that was just it was an easy download. It's right on Opera's website. Um, go out there to do it. And it worked without any problems at all. Yeah, that's nice. Hey, by the way, first, uh, just to cut in here, Justin, congratulations, man. So happy for you. Got your 107. Woohoo! Congratulations. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So now remember, Justin, it'll take, you actually have to go in and, and when you get your results, you have to wait. You know, I'm sure they probably told you that at the testing site, but you have to wait about two or three days and then you go on to the FAA's website and you have to enter your information on there. And then when you get that done, then you can, what What would you say, Bill? It's about 10 days or so. They have the temporary one that you can print. You get the temporary one and then it takes about six weeks to seven weeks to actually get the, to get it in your hands. Yeah, and it feels like 15. Just so you know, it will feel like forever. Yeah, the, those days it takes, it, yeah, it was like I passed. Well, what was real funny when I took mine I passed by one question and the company that I use, I didn't use remote pilot 101, which was my big mistake, but the company that I used, the, the test questions that he had out there were based on the original test that was very first given. Okay. And it wasn't updated. So there were some questions out there. I'm just like, I haven't seen these before. It's like, what is going on? And I had to I, you know, I had to had to take some guesses on some of that stuff because it was just it was just so off, off books and not like what I had seen. Well, then I go out to to Ruben Pilot One Hundred One and look at their their example, their sample tests, and it was the same as is what I took. So that's what sold me on Remote Pilot One Hundred One. And the Absolutely. thing with them is when you when you get Remote Pilot One Hundred One, it's for life. I mean, you pay that whatever the fee is. Um, you know, it's one hundred and twenty five dollars. I think not sure. But it's for life. You're done. I mean, you get all their updates, everything. And and that's huge. And, you know, I, I, I may sound like I'm getting a bonus from them or not. I'm not. They actually, Jason advertised that they trained the New York City Police Force and got helped them get all their Part 107s. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, that's something that, that's pretty decent to brag about, something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I used it and it was awesome. And the thing is, is he puts out new stuff all the time. So oh, when yeah. a law changes and you're like, shoot, how does that apply to me as a 107? You go on there, he will tell you exactly how it applies to you as a 107. Within like four days, he has another video up. Yeah, and then and, he'll have a video out about the new rules. I mean, you can yep. guarantee that he'll do that. He's very on top of that. And, you know, I'm not even going to name the other company that, that I did my other ones for, and they're begging me to renew a subscription with them, and I totally ignore their emails. Yeah. So, hey, Bill, yeah. you, 
if for, I were, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, for us here in Canada, Brant Aerials and uh, uh, Phantom Hodges just passed their uh, advanced drone flight reviews, so they got their advanced licenses today. Yeah, very nice. Congrats. So, who would you say here with the 107 needs to get that 107? You know, and, and, and I will say this, and I've been a proponent of this since day one. If you're on YouTube and your channel's monetized and you're talking about drones, you need to get your part 107. Okay. Right. Bar none. Okay. I, I've been a big proponent of that. A lot of people were like, you know, I got a huge number of dislikes for coming out and saying that. But I think that's the truth. And, you know, and I think Ken Heron had a video on that as well. And it may be about a year or so old, but he actually talked to somebody who was worked for the FA and said, yes, if you're out there and you're, uh, what would it say, in, a, in furtherance of a business, then you need your part 107. And guess what? You know, my channel's monetized. I also get affiliate link income. And from all of that, okay, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to go out and buy a new Tesla. Okay. It's not, it, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting thousands of dollars with it, but you know what? It's, it helps, it helps buy some more groceries each month. It helps with, with some of the family finances. All right. It's not that, you know, I can go out and buy a new car kind of an income, but if you're doing that and you're getting that income, you need to have your part 107. And when I came out and said that, Boy, Val, I'm telling you, I took so much heat and so much flack for that. But I stood by that and I said, you know what? Okay, you come out there and you advertise, you know, you're, you're talking, you know, your your channel's monetized and you're doing this. And then, you know what? You know, it's like now, well, now everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, get your part 107, get your part 107. You know, it's just like, you know, it was like the sky was falling, the sky was falling kind of thing. But, you know what, Bill? That's what I call Chicken Little. Every time something comes new and you decide to step out on a branch and say, this really is necessary for YouTube, for if you monitor all that, people have a fit. They just don't like change. They don't like anything new. Mm -hmm. They say, screw that. I'll go. I'll tell them. They'll wish they hadn't brought this up. But the truth is, and that's what I thought you were going to say, is um, if you're making money, you're making money. You're making money. What I would add is, I think everybody, if you have even an inkling that you want to go and get your 107, go and do it. Yep. Because yeah. your, the knowledge and the information you're going to have at hand is so much more relevant than it is if you're out there guessing. Like, because I know guys that fly that don't even have a clue. They, I wonder, and they're calling me and asking me questions. Yeah, I, I'm happy to answer them, but. You can do it too. It, it, everybody can do it. Yeah. You know, and now, oh, okay. ahead, ahead. Uh, I was going to say, now, are you charging them $10 a minute to answer those questions there? <laughs> well, you know, here's, here's a big thing. And this is you. you know, if you guys go out and you're flying, you know, if you're flying somewhere, and let's, let's say a police officer comes, comes, comes up to you, you know, you pull out your 107 and you show them that you're a licensed pilot. That holds some weight, okay? That that really, instead of saying, "Well, no, I'm a hobbyist, and here's my here's my registration," you know, he's gonna he's gonna dig a lot further and everything. But you hold up that 107, you know, nine times out of ten, that's gonna weigh in your favor and saying, you know what, you've studied, you've passed, you know, you know the rules, you know what they are. So you know, and, and that's like telling, you know, it's not like throwing it in a police officer's face, but that's like saying, you know, um, you know, officer, you know, I am a part 107 licensed pilot. You know, I am aware of the rules and the regulations. 
Correct. And, and okay. most officers are great people. Like 99, 9, 99.9% .9 of them. Yeah, 999% of them are. But uh, most officers <laughs> are great people. But uh, the thing is, is if, like you were saying, Bill, if you pull that thing out, the, their first thought is this person knows more than me. About this subject, this person knows more than I do. And so they're not going to push their luck because if Betsy Lou over here said, ah, some guy's flying a drone in the park and I am offended, you know, whatever. And, yep. and she said it just like that, by the way. And the cop comes and he comes to talk to you and you say, oh, well, I was just playing around, blah, 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 blah. He's like, well, I need to talk, blah, 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 blah. I need this. I would really like it if you left. You pull out and say, well, hey, here's my part 107. It's legal to fly in parks here in the city of blah, 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 blah. And I'm not anywhere near an airport. I'm flying at this and this. I'm not flying over people. Here's my license. Go ahead and take a look. Do you know what that cop's going to go tell Betsy Lou? It's legal. He can do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, exactly. so I have another question. So here's my drone. My Avid Breeze. I don't have anything fancy. I feel like I'm almost being ridiculous to have a 107 with my little breeze. Is that? <laughs> well, it matters on what you want to do, Val. Like if, well, I, I put mean, videos up and they're monetized with my little breeze. Well, I mean, if you want the 100% cut and dry black and white answer, then yeah, you should have one. Okay. If you want the, the realistic answer, is your breeze the main focus of your channel and how many videos are you actually putting up with your breeze? Not that no, many. No. How much are you making on it? Not that much. Nobody's probably going to go after Val. They're going to go after uh, Bill Roger. The drone because darn it, Roger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, that's a good that's a good point, Val. You know, if if your channel is focused on drones, you know, it's like it's like mine is like duh, build a drone reviewer. That's a that's a duh kind of a thing. You know, you you know what my channel's focus is about. So, you know, and you bet. I mean, that was when I found out, you know, you had to get a part 107. I I signed up right away. I studied right away, you know, and I passed and I got got my got my license. And, you know, that that was important to me. And it's still important, you know, that I think, you know, if you have a drone, there are still drone reviewers out there that don't have their part 107s and their channels are monetized and their channels all about drones. So, you know what, if you want to, you, you want to get a knock on the door someday or a phone call, you know, have at it. And then, then they'll put out a video and lament. Why didn't I get my part 107 and, oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, and, and not even at your level, Bill, but at, even at my level, I'm not monetized. My channel is not monetized. Not It's not even close. I'm like little more than halfway there on the hours. But I did my Master Airscrew review video. They sent those props to me for free. That's in furtherance of a business if I have ever seen it before. Oh, yeah. And, and so it was good that I had my part 107. And when I and the thing is, is when I sent them the thing saying that I'd like to review them, I sent the part 107. That's the other thing. It gives you more of a legitimacy. If you're going to be reviewing drones, hey, I'm a part 107 license holder, have been since XYZ date, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's my YouTube channel. Here's this, you know, all that stuff. You are 10 times more likely to get somebody's attention than 
hey, I fly drones and drink beer, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Oh, I wanted to give you guys an update on my wife just to let you know. Yes. Um, she yes. was back at work the entire week this week. So, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> so that, was a, that was a good thing. And she met with her surgeon yesterday and got a um, ACEs up report. It was fantastic. Um, so she's doing fine from her surgery. Um, oh, it was kind of funny, though. Um, last week I caught her doing this. Now we have a TV that has one, you know, that's on the wall that has an articulating arm. Now it's an old, so it's a Sony 50 inch and it's about 10 years old. So the thing weighs probably about 75 to hundred pounds. And she, I caught her pulling it out from the wall and plugging it in. And, and I was just like, I'm standing there. I'm like, you know what? I, I like with my hands on my hips. I'm like, okay, what, what did you just do? What did I just witness here? Okay. <laughs> but she got in, she got in some trouble for that. And then I kind of shared that with on uh, mother's day last weekend, we went to uh, her sisters and everybody was over there. And I told her mom, I said, well, I caught your daughter doing something bad. She said, what? And I told her, I said, she pulled out the TV from the wall. She said, you scold her. I said, absolutely. She got, she got a scolding for that. But she's doing fantastic. She's really she's she's getting more energy, and she's also getting more ornery, stuff, um, especially with the ornery part. That's really um, I know she's doing better. That's right. <laughs> get, when they get ornery, feedback. that means they're doing good. You know, I'm getting getting that feedback, like I like I like to say. Well, I got to part ways with you guys. Uh, thank you. You know what? I, and I want to thank Roger, Val, uh, Russell, Paul, everybody. You know, I'm here on Saturdays. I absolutely love this. This is something that I look forward to every Saturday. Um, you know, and, and I got to thank Roger for, for your channel because, you know what? You promote the goodness of drones, okay? You promote, you know, a great environment. And everybody that's on here does the same. And that's why... I love being on the show. Um, you know, I talk you guys up every chance I get because of that. Um, you know, and it's something you know that I really, really, absolutely enjoy. So, kudos to you, Roger, and everybody. Thank you again so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Very Have much. a good one, Bill. We'll see you later. Hey, hey Bill, Bill, you're the best. You're the best, Bill, and we always look forward to every Saturday. Thank yeah. you so much, Paul. Guys, keep have a great day. Thank you, Bill. Be safe.